A farmer's time is valuable. That's why Blaine's Farm and Fleet has made shopping for your must-haves quick and easy. Simply order online at farmandfleet.com and pick up your items in just one hour in their convenient drive-thru. Or try Farm and Fleet's same-day local delivery option. From farm to fork and everything in between, we cover it all. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. And we are definitely doing that this morning. We're catching up with John Heinberg, Market Advisor, Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend. It's been a couple weeks since we talked with John between the Wisconsin State Fair and some of his travels. It'll be good to dissect these markets, which, by the way, in overnight trade are a little bit mixed, leaning lower. We're also going to be talking about why operating safely on the farm is a critical message that farmers not only have to hear, but really need to heed. The National Farm Medicine Center is relaunching their state farm fatality report. It's been missing for probably better than five years. Uh, The data is alarming. Scott Heiberger from the National Farm Medicine Center in Marshfield is going to explain why they need to get that message out to our farmers. The message today, as far as weather is concerned, not too bad. Calling for partly cloudy skies on this Tuesday, it looks like we'll see daytime highs right around 78 degrees. Tomorrow, partly sunny and 79. Thursday, partly sunny and 79. Friday, few showers in the forecast. Daytime highs around 78 degrees. Yep, Stumach's got our weather coming up. Get insurance from a company who knows Wisconsin and cares about your community. You may know Rural Mutual Insurance as the number one farm insurer, but did you know they also offer competitive home and auto rates? Visit RuralMutual.com to learn more about products and discounts. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. So I became a Farm Bureau member almost 20 years ago to be part of the state's largest egg advocacy group. Plenty of opportunities within Farm Bureau for somebody that's involved in agriculture, whether to grow their leadership or to help be a leader in an industry that we have a great passion for. WFBF.com. They've really helped my leadership develop. A voice for farmers, vision for agriculture, Wisconsin Farm Bureau. For Wisconsin, the weekly crop progress reports have looked pretty good. Well, that's talking corn, beans, oats, wheat, potatoes, and things like that. But there are other crops. Bob Bosel here at the northern end of the world's longest barn, and the giant pumpkin is out. Steph, how are they doing? Bob, I honestly, I couldn't believe it when I heard it, that there is a community of people in Wisconsin who take on very demanding work of growing giant pumpkins. I'm Stephanie Hoff from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. Tom Monsma is a member of the Wisconsin Giant Pumpkin Growers. He's growing three giant pumpkins this year at his home in Brandon. He says it takes about an hour per day per pumpkin during the grows during the growing season to really be successful. And Tom is seeing success in his garden. His pumpkins average 40 pounds per day. He tells me what it takes to grow and haul these pumpkins that end up weighing a thousand pounds or more. But first Tom explains how he gets his hands on those seeds. The competitive pumpkin growers for, for these festival parties way offs are it's basically an Atlantic giant seed. And uh, over the years, they've got uh, collected a, a ton of data as far as uh, genetics on them and what pumpkin growers do and what clubs do across the U.S. and Wisconsin, obviously. We uh, donate seeds to our club. 
and then uh, we sell them on a seed auction on either Friday or Saturday night from December all the way up until March. Each club has their own weekend that they, they sell. And then uh, we, we collect from, we ask for donations from other growers around the world if they're willing to donate seeds. And then we, we uh, have an auction online, and that's basically our fundraisers, and that's where probably 90% of the people can uh, purchase their seeds from. So once you've got your hands on these seeds, when do you, mm-hmm. when do you have to plant them? A pumpkin grower can get these seeds out of the dirt and started in probably 36 to 48 hours with the proper elements. And we start these in our basements or under grow lights. And uh, probably Wisconsin majority of them are done in mid-April. And they can get them growing within, you know, three to seven days. They can get them up and, and growing with, with the proper heat and humidity levels. And then they plant them outside, usually about the third or fourth leaf stage. And then that is when we can see which way the pumpkin plant's going to vine. You probably maybe never knew that, but uh, the fourth leaf of a pumpkin seedling that comes out is direction of where that pumpkin will actually vine or grow towards. How far away or how far apart do these pumpkins need to be planted? Because they get pretty big. On average, a grower will probably, a competitive grower will ask or require about 1,000 square feet per one plant. So, I mean, you know, 20 by 30 is uh, only 600 square feet. So, you you know, you do the math. <laughs> you could easily, you know, take up your whole backyard. Now, Tom, let's talk about the labor that goes into growing these pumpkins, including hand pollination. Tom, pollination day for you was the second to last week of June. Tell me about that. The female flower is only open four to six hours, one morning and one morning only. And then you have would have to wait. If you miss it, you would have to wait for another one down the line to, to grow out. And then we hand pollinate it, and then we uh, close it back up so no bees or anybody will bring any foreign matter or pollen in there. And then that way we know which uh, what that pumpkin is bred by or what the pollen is. So, And that's actually happening all over the Midwest and growers right now at this time of year. How do you hand pollinate? With a Q-tip? Uh, you can. But uh, the easiest way pumpkin growers do is the, the female flower obviously opens only that one time. It's got the little baby pumpkin behind. And then the night before, you, you cut your male flowers, which you can distinguish. A male flower is just a, a stem with the flower and, and the stamen on it. And you just put them in a, in a vase of flower, like you know, flower vase. And then in the morning, they open up. And then you, uh, I keep them in the house here so no foreign bees or anybody get in there. And then uh, you just trim the petals off. And you can easily see the grains of pollen on a male flower. And then you can just wipe that all over the, the female flower. And then you, you close it back up. I actually, some guys tie them. I actually put a Dixie cup over it so nothing gets in there. And then uh, you hope and pray that it, it takes. Did that heat wave we had pose an issue for your pumpkins pollination time right now is is pretty tough when it's 90 to 100 degrees out i had uh, one gallon ice jugs all around it for 24 to 36 hours to try to keep the temperature down just a little bit so usually it takes two to three days and then you can actually see if it's gonna if it's gonna take or not you can kind of see the shine on the pumpkin versus a kind of a dull finish so you've wrapped up with that so now what are the ideal conditions you need for these pumpkins to really take off? Okay, ideal temperatures would probably be, obviously, you know, the warm part of the summer is the best growing July and August. Uh, I would say 50 to 60 degree evening temperatures or nighttime temperatures, and 75 to 85 is probably ideal 
85 at the max, ideal warm temperatures for the day. Once you get above that, then you start putting a lot more stress on the plant. And that's why I race home the last couple of days when it was so hot. And I, I would turn the irrigation system on, a watering system, and uh, just to cool the plant off a little bit. But that's probably ideal new temperatures. And, and uh, they'll grow if the pollination takes. They'll grow now till, uh, you know, the day before we cut them off. But usually day 20, from zero, from pollination to day 20, the, the cells multiply and divide. The pumpkin doesn't grow much. The cells are dividing. And then after 20 days, 15 to 20, the pumpkin actually stops doing that. And then you just see phenomenal growth on that pumpkin. And from day 20 to day 50, you can average 25, depending on the quality of your plant and water, to 50 pounds a day. Per, per pumpkin. 50 pounds a day? Oh, seriously. There's, uh, I can average 30 to 40 pounds a day with a good healthy plant for almost a month straight. Well, so what's the end weight usually? Well, it all depends how well you take care of it and how good a plant you got. But obviously, you know, whenever you you set a goal, everybody sets a goal, and a PB, which is a personal best, is, is actually the prize, right? You better your, your goal from the year before. But, yeah, to, to hit 1,000 pounds was my goal years ago, and, and I hit that finally, and I thought, well, now i got to keep going. And, uh, yeah, you just want a, a good, healthy pumpkin that you can show off. So, it, it, you know, they grow all the way up to the world record was set last year in, uh, I, I want to say Italy, 2,700 pounds. And, hey, that's a big meal for rodents, you know, squirrels, mice that are looking to, to snack on that throughout the summer and the fall. So tell me, exactly. how, how do you keep away, you know, pests, disease? Once you get a pumpkin that big, you got a really big one. You really want to keep the environments away. So uh, some people play music out there to keep the environments away, and some people put a, a ton of mouse traps around them so any little moles or mice are, you know, get caught. But, yeah, you are uh, at kind of at the mercy of, of Mother Nature there. You do the best you can, and sometimes you can't control everything, every environment. But as far as, as pests, I mean, most of the growers have a a regular uh, spray program that we implement just to keep, you know, insect disease and diseases away on you know, throughout the season. And each grower, I mean, I don't imagine you have very many of those pumpkins just because of the space that it takes up and the time it, it sounds like it takes to grow them. How many on average does each grower have? Some growers can go up to three to four if they have a little help maybe, but that, that is a big commitment. I'm trying to grow three this year, but on average, they say a pumpkin grower will spend an hour per day per plant from the start to the end. So, you know, you do the math, you know, if I'm doing three plants, I get a minimum of three hours a day and that's from start to finish. So there, there's a lot of <laughs> different things that a person or a grower does to that. What do you do with it when it's all done? Well, I have a few contacts. I have some close friends that own an apple orchard here outside of Wapan, and they, they beg for one every year. They like one on display there because it's, uh, it's a big and attractive seeing a 1,000 or 1,500-pound pumpkin. That's the, that's the joy I get out of growing these things. It's uh, the excitement you see in, in kids and senior citizens to see a, a pumpkin that big. That's really what it's all about. Do you, do you compete at all with these pumpkins? Oh, yeah. Usually uh, we you can compete at these way-offs. We have Wisconsin has four to five way-offs throughout the late September through October. Or you could travel out of state and, you know, attend a couple of them if you wanted to. But, yeah, once you weigh a pumpkin once, 
it's uh, you're done weighing it. You can't take it to a different way off. So it's only good for one festival and one festival only. So if you want to go to three, then you got to grow three pumpkins. So that's only fair for all the other growers that way. So you, you weigh it at once and then you're done. And while you're driving, do you got to watch your speed? Are you getting honked at? Or are people pretty excited to see you on the road? How? <laughs> You laugh at saying that. That's really what it's all about is going down the highway when you have a, a police officer following you and giving you a thumbs up. You got air horns from semis honking, people slowing down and backing, you know, slowing down just long when they get alongside you and, and take pictures. And, and that's what it's all about because people are just amazed at seeing something like that. That's a pumpkin you don't see until fall, let alone a pumpkin that big. And when the pumpkin is done on tour in late fall, Tom says it's no good for making pie. He takes it out to the back of the farm and lets the deer eat it. Sometimes they use it for shooting practice. Tom Monsma is a giant pumpkin grower out of Brandon, Wisconsin, and he belongs to the Wisconsin Giant Pumpkin Growers. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Stephanie Hoff. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. You wear the same size, you do the same workout, yet her butt is high and tight. And let's face it, she's smoking hot. While you're just another sweaty Betty, what you don't know is while you're putting in extra time grunting it out at the gym, she is relaxing poolside. And why? Because she comes to Carbon World Health for FDA-approved M-Sculpt treatments. Her butt is a work of art because this technology is state-of-the-art. CarbonWorldHealth.com you love your home. It's full of memories from the past and even more memories to be made. When you're ready to spruce it up, contact AF Construction. AF Construction will talk to you about your addition ideas like a relaxing three-season sunroom or expanded living space. AF Construction, your local hands-on remodeling contractor, offering line item estimates and eye-popping results. For your free consultation, visit afconstructionllc.com. Get ready for a remarkable new look. When they love you enough to tell you you need a breath mint, that's family. At Mad City Moving, we're locally owned and family run. We're not afraid to tell each other the truth and make sure every job is done right. This is Brenda from Mad City Moving. We call that the family knows best move. Mad City Moving dominates any move. Their crew will handle your things well, like your things deserve to be handled. Online at madcitymoving.com. Mad City Moving. You haven't seen moves like these before. That squeal you're hearing while you come to a stop? That's your brakes crying for help. At Tom's Auto Center, we offer five-star brake repair on all makes and models. Stop by for a brake fluid and brake inspection. If your brakes are talking to you or screaming for help, we'll diagnose it and give you a written estimate. We want you to be able to trust your brakes. Tom's Auto Center. Off Highway 51 in McFarland, a stone's throw from McDonald's. Connecting producers and consumers one story at a time. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Alrighty, off and running on a Tuesday morning in time to find out what's coming our way weather-wise. Stumach Ag Meteorologist joining us. You know, I was just kind of taking a look at degree growing units and uh, our agronomists out there are pretty quick to point out, although this may be comfortable during the day, it's not necessarily getting us where we need to be on degree growing units. Yeah, a little more heat probably wouldn't be a bad thing, but 
Uh, crops are looking, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, who am I to judge? Let's put it that way. And I'm happy to say that over the next several days, there will be a little more warm air. There will be some warmer temperatures, but only about normal, getting back to about that 80 or in the very low 80s in western Wisconsin. So we're not going to stack up a bunch of heat here right now, but those temperatures aren't going to lose us a great deal. How about that? It really does appear that we are talking about a pretty pleasant, comfortable spell like we've talked about. Low pressures way off to our south around Kansas this morning. There's a small disturbance up on the U.S.-Canadian border, and that's why there's a little rain in Minnesota, far north-central Minnesota, up into southern Canada, some scattered light rain in southwest Iowa down into Missouri. What's going to happen in Wisconsin is after some fog this morning, we'll still have a pretty nice day, some sunshine, but those temperatures only about normal, not a spectacular warm-up, not going to build a whole lot of three-day units out of this today. Same holds true for tomorrow and right into the day Thursday. Eventually, that system that's off to our northwest is going to try to wedge in, and we start to talk about a buildup of some warmth and humidity. And on toward Thursday afternoon, there's a slight chance of a very scattered shower. That chance may stick around late Thursday night. Could be around again later Friday afternoon. Not a big deal. I mean, if we see the rain, it could be almost up to a tenth of an inch. So we're not going to wash anything out. But I just don't expect to warm up much more than about normal temperature-wise right through the end of the week. I'll have forecast details right after this. My name is Cameron Olson, owner of Olson Solar Energy. Every time we have a solar system going up in the neighborhood, people are walking by, they're getting their kids out to come look at it. They want to see what, what it is and talk about it and, and understand it. And, and the, the best way to find out if it works is talk to someone who has solar. You probably know someone who's gone solar and, and knows a little bit more. If you have a neighbor that has solar, talk to them. See what they're saying. Go to OlsonSolarEnergy.com and start saving. Go green, save green with Olson Solar Energy. As a dairy farmer, you depend on your milk receiver pump. McFinn Technologies of Kenosha introduces the impressive Bowpeller pump. It's quieter, there's lower maintenance, as the seals last much longer than your old milk receiver pump. It offers a more powerful cleaning cycle with higher velocities, and it doesn't degrade the quality of your milk. Ask your dealer for the Bowpillar Milk Receiver Pump, patented by McFenn Technologies, an American company committed to providing a better product for the dairy industry. All righty, Stu, let's have that forecast then. All right, a little patchy fog this morning, and otherwise a mostly sunny day. We'll be in the very upper 70s, maybe an 80 here or there, with an east wind at 5. Overnight, a clear sky, some of that fog around late, into the upper 50s with east winds at 5. Mostly sunny again Wednesday, and very upper 70s, about 80. Northeast winds at 5. Same holding around for Thursday. Some sunshine, maybe up to about 80. A slight chance of an afternoon shower or a very isolated storm. Southwest winds about 5. Even Friday, Pam, I'd say upper 70s, maybe about 80. Could be an afternoon shower. We're not going to add a whole lot of degree units, but we're trying. Yeah. And the shower, is it going to be measurable, you think? Uh, Maybe up to a tenth of an inch Thursday afternoon, and maybe again on Friday about the same. Okay. Sounds good. We'll catch up with you tomorrow, buddy. Thanks. All right. See ya.
Stumach, our ag meteorologist, with those weather details for you on a Thursday morning. And you know that weather is going to continue to play a critical role when it comes to our markets. Saw some fairly big drops yesterday in Chicago on our corn, beans, as well as wheat. Is that weather-related? Is it anxiety about what's happening on Wall Street? I know Dow Jones Industrial Average this morning is preparing for some big earnings reports or possibly disappointment in earnings reports that are coming out today from such giants as Home Depot as well as Walmart. Thank goodness John Heinberg, market advisor with Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend, is going to be joining us to break out down all the business details that impact not only commodities, but your 401k too. Stick around. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. While being prepared is on the top of your priority list, add Englewood grass-fed beef as a key solution to your family's food supply. Englewood offers a broad range of options to deliver antibiotic and hormone-free beef from our farm to your table. Visit englewoodgrassfarm.com and click on the order page. Soon, you'll be stocked up on heart-healthy grass-fed beef. Englewood grass-fed beef, farming to promote the health of our animals and our family of customers. Sweeta Metal Roofing customers choose us because they don't want to worry about their roof anymore. There's no curling, it won't blow off, and you won't find granules in your gutters. It's one and done. It is the last roof you'll ever need. I'm Mike. And Mary Sweeta. Enjoy the long-lasting architectural strength and beauty of a Sweeta Metal Roof. S-W-I-T-A MetalRoofing.com Sweeta Metal Roofing, the last roof you'll ever need. All business owners want the same thing, to make their business succeed. At Rural Mutual, they help that happen. As the third largest writer of commercial business in Wisconsin, they take the time to learn your business so they can properly protect you. Call your local agent today or visit RuralMutual.com. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Wisconsin Farm Bureau is an exciting organization because it has a plethora of opportunities for young farmers and agriculturists, specifically a Young Farmer and Agriculturist program for members ages 18 to 35, where you can learn about leadership development, advocating for agriculture, and network with your peers. WFBF.com. You'll learn so much. A voice for farmers, a vision for agriculture, Wisconsin Farm Bureau. Are you the kind of person that goes into the woods with a pocket knife, a stick of gum, an extra shoelace, and can build a whole house? Then you're the person W.E. Davies is looking for. They're hiring one person, the perfect individual who can lead whole construction projects without breaking a sweat. Yeah, they're asking a lot. They offer a lot, too. Come see if you're the one that they're looking for. Visit wedaviesremodeling.com. Whenever you make a major purchase, there's always that little voice in your head asking questions like, are you sure? Is this the right one for me? Bergstrom Automotive turns the what ifs into why not with the seven day buyback guarantee. That's one full week to get to know your vehicle. Is it as large as you anticipated? Maybe you want more power in heavy traffic. Maybe you find out the neighbors just bought the same make, model, and color that you just purchased. Whatever the reason, 
season at Bergstrom. If you don't love it, simply bring it back. Not every dealership offers a seven-day buyback guarantee. Then again, Bergstrom Automotive isn't an ordinary dealership. Bergstrom believes you shouldn't have to listen to that little voice that questions your buying decision. They just want you to feel giddy with freedom, just like you did when you bought your very first one. Love it or bring it back at Bergstrom Automotive. Join the Bergstrom Auto Family. Hope Trump Gaming Madison. I'm counting on a big win. It happens every day. Big win, big win. Every single day in Madison. Hope Trump Gaming Madison. I'm counting on a big win. Every day, big wins happen. Tom Spitz and David Fink of Settlers Bank. We make it easy to access the bankers you know. Bankers who listen to your goals. Then offer expert advice and solutions that simplify even the most complex financial matters. Virtually or in person, we're here when you need us. To learn more, stop by or visit SettlersWI.com. Settlers Bank. Timely decisions. People you know. Member FDIC Equal Housing Lender. While the rest of the world seems to be moving in slow motion, you're ready to gear it up. Sugar River Raceway is now open for the season, and the track is calling your name. A half-mile paved sprint course with 10 challenging turns. This is no slow-as-you-go amusement park ride. These are full-blown 50-mile-an-hour screaming machines. Book your bachelor party, company outing, or your badass desire for speed at SugarRiverRaceway.com. Just 40 minutes south of Madison and Broadhead. Get your race. Was an Adam McKelvey clip over the weekend talking about what the Brewers elected to do during last week through that Tampa Bay and Cardinal series. So listen what Adam McKelvey said the Brewers elected to do. Video's not working. Anyways, what he basically said was the Brewers had the opportunity to reorder their pitching road. Burns, Peralta, Woodruff, three starts against the Cardinals. We all said it was a pivotal series, right? But they elected to keep the starting rotation the exact same what it was, give some of the guys a couple extra days off because to stay on their current routine. And it cost them. And in my opinion, it cost them. Now, I get giving guys rest in September last year. Remember that? Remember when they were... They were giving guys rest, extra days. Maybe this guy wouldn't pitch here. or They were giving, uh, like, Willie Adamas days off when he didn't want to. I get the reasoning behind that. I disagree with that. I think you need to play hard because if you take the foot off the gas pedal, you don't have any momentum going down, and that's exactly what I said and exactly what happened. But I understand it in that situation. You had a huge lead in the division. I don't understand it in this situation. You're behind the Cardinals have a huge series with the Cardinals, and you still elected to give your pitchers rest over trying to take the lead and trying to beat the team ahead of you. It makes no sense to me. And then your bullpen has been garbage since the Hater trade. I'm not saying that Josh Hader would make the bullpen that much better because he has not fared that well in, in San Diego outside of a couple appearances. But what I'm saying is you're four and seven since you traded Josh Hader. The clubhouse and, and just just the energy in the clubhouse and the body language doesn't look good. And now you're giving guys rest? 
instead of trying to go win games. You already basically told them you don't care about winning a World Series. You only care about making the postseason. You've sent the wrong message. This is a team that there are seven legit teams in the NL that have a shot to make the six spots in the playoffs. The Brewers are the only one of them that did not actively buy at the deadline and seem to, I guess, prefer rest over trying to win games. And you know what? There is, I'm a, the biggest Brewer fan you'll find, Ben, but this team is punted. They've punted from their opponents 30. You were first place in the Central. Save that for Paul Christ. You punted on your opponent's 30. And then at the same time, you're not even trying to go for it now. You, you didn't even get a bat. You can't sell it to anybody that has half a brain that you upgraded this team. And then you look around and you go, oh, well, Hater hasn't been great. Well, the two prospects you got, one of them's never going to impact your team this you know year. who has been great since the deal? Denilson Lamette. That's where I was going with this. Your prospect, the one pitcher that you got, Gasser, he's never going to impact this current team. Ruiz, the outfielder, he might get a call up if they don't elect to go with Sal Freelick, who's absolutely balling in AAA, and they should go with Freelick. Or he most likely won't impact his team this year. Taylor Rogers has been garbage since June. Danielson Lamette has now thrown five scoreless appearances with the Rockies who claimed him off of waivers. That could have been a bonus. You could have some of the arms that continue to go, come on and off of the IL for the relief pitchers or just the pitching staff in general. You could have used that extra arm, especially a guy that showed a lot of talent in 2020. But instead, you're resting players. You're not actively buying. You're okay with getting in as the sixth seed. As a Brewer fan, I hope they don't effing make the playoffs. That's bold. There is a part of me that says, F you, screw you. I don't even want you to make the postseason so that you can shove it in our face and say, hey, we made it to the postseason for the seventh time in a row. Wins, I'm, I'm now being the, the, the argument from a Cubs fan. Win something. At least show us and, your, and the players that you're trying to win. You bet she thinks your tractor's sexy. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Ah, yes. John Heinberg, market advisor with Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend, is going to be able to join us this morning. It's been a couple weeks since we caught up with John. Stick around for that. Weather is going to be nice again today. Partly sunny in 78. Partly sunny tomorrow in 79. Partly sunny on Thursday, 79. Now, Friday, they're telling us we've got about a 30% chance for scattered showers and thunderstorms. Friday's highs around 78 degrees. I'm Pam Yankee. So glad you're along with us on this, the 16th day of August. On this day in 1954, the very first issue of Sports Illustrated hit the newsstand. The sports magazine, which is obviously famous for its annual swimsuit edition, was not profitable for the first few years. But once they started putting out that swimsuit edition, well, then it got to be very, very successful. It debuted on this day back in 1954. On this day in 1898, the patent for the Loop the Loop roller coaster was awarded. And where do you think it was first installed? Yep, Coney Island, New York. The roller coaster was only able to carry four people at a time, but it started on this day back in 1898. Happy birthday this morning to Madonna. She is 64, and actor-comedian Steve Carroll 
he is 60 years old. There we go. You know, this is the time of the year when we really like to elevate awareness about operating safely around our farms. The harvest is just around the corner, and that's when we get tired, we get fatigued, weather starts changing, uh, the clock is ticking, and accidents can happen. But trying to track those accidents is not an easy feat. Now the National Farm Medicine Center is stepping in. They are relaunching the state's Farm Fatality Report. Charity Seebecker has more. The National Farm Medicine Center partnered with the University of Wisconsin Extension Safety Specialists to compile reports on agriculture-related fatalities. Scott Heiberger, Communications Manager of the National Farm Medicine Center, shares more on the Wisconsin Farm Fatality Report and trends that they see. One thing of interest, different from when UW was putting out the reports previously, Professor Shutsky and Dr. Weichelt thought it made sense to include roadway fatalities. You know, that's something that's very visible. Um, it's a stressful thing for farmers, of course. They have to navigate roadways and uh, deal with the traffic. And as the suburbs keep extending out, you've got, it seems like, more traffic and more interaction between farm equipment and passenger vehicles. And so they did expand this research to include roadway fatalities. And so looking in 2017 and 2018, in 2017, there were 41 total fatalities related to agriculture in the report, and in the next year, 2018, there were 34. So of those 75 combined fatalities in those two years, almost a third of those were fatalities involving roadway crashes. And so that's a, a pretty big chunk and a pretty pretty visible chunk. Farmers have to be on the road more and more, you know, with the way uh, agriculture, land ownership, and renting, et cetera, has developed. So that's a big thing that we look at. And another thing is, which has held true for decades is the tractor. Tractor injuries, rollovers. You know, we always emphasize having a roll bar or a cab if tractor's old. A lot of times there's a roll bar that can be retrofit onto there with the seatbelt. So between roadway crashes and tractor operations, those are probably two of the biggest areas of focus and concern. How are you getting accurate information for the report and how are you tracking that information of those fatalities? Mm. We've come up with a good system here. So at the National Farm Medicine Center, scientist Brian Weichelt has put together an injury database. It's called Ag Injury News and it's free and open to the public. What it does, it builds on the old idea of you know, so-called news clippings. It relies on news reports, uh, has over 4,000 ag injury news reports from around the country. And uh, the difference is, though, you can, you can sort and research and filter in all different ways. So you can type in for the entire, you type in for a particular state, a particular age group, male or female, uh, was a tractor involved, was an ATV involved. There was many ways you can search ag injury news dot uh, org and and get this information and so this is a pretty robust system now it's not scientific um, but it's it's methodical in how it collects these injury reports um, uh, so it gives a pretty good snapshot of what's happening in agriculture you know at any given time and so you have that plus Professor Shutsky was able to help us out with uh, getting data from the Wisconsin Department of Health Services Wisconsin Department of Health Services death certificates so that in combination with Ag Injury News is giving these researchers a pretty good picture of the egg fatality situation in Wisconsin. Scott Heiberger on the Wisconsin Farm Fatality Report. From the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Charity Seebecker. Dairy Together. On our Farmers Union Minute today, we talk more about the program with Julie Bomar, Executive Director of the Wisconsin Farmers Union. And Julie, this is something we want to see in the next Farm Bill, and it's not a new concept. It almost made it into the last Farm Bill. There's lots of ways to control growth. We've certainly gone back and forth about what's the best mechanism to do this. Now we're really 
pinning down what that mechanism looks like. We've worked with world-renowned dairy policy experts at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. We've worked with other farm organizations, other producer groups, and it's driven by the folks on the ground who really want to see viability for their farms, and they don't want to lose more dairy farms. And so that's the coalition that we pulled together. This is a national campaign. We've done roadshows all over the United States, but it's really centered primarily here in Wisconsin. So if people are interested, check out DairyTogether.com. Julie Bomar, Executive Director of the Wisconsin Farmers Union, on our Farmers Union Minute. Your soil is your farm's greatest asset. Every season is an opportunity for both short-term profit and long-term improvement. The Midwestern BioAg Way optimizes yields, soil fertility, and sustainability, nurturing your greatest asset. Midwestern BioAg offers biological fertilizers to optimize yields during the growing season, all the while building healthy soil for the future. To learn what a Midwestern BioAg program can do for you, visit MidwesternBioAg.com. Midwestern BioAg, better farming through better soil. So you just heard about the farm fatality report that they're relaunching here in the state of Wisconsin. I'll tell you what, if people continue to look to social media for advice on how to properly process some of their garden produce, we may end up with a food safety crisis there. That's the thoughts of Heather Quackenboss. She is the Extension Educator in La Crosse County, and she said she is alarmed at how many people put all of their trust into TikTok and Facebook when it comes to food preservation. One of the things that I do is look up recipes online, right? Because everything's out there and you can find some amazing things. And at the same time, what I'm noticing is there's a lot more recipes lately on things like the upside down method for canning or putting it in the oven or dry canning. And those are not scientifically safe. They could cause us botulism. They could cause us food poisoning. They could cause a variety of bacteria to form in those jars, and it's not safe. Heather Quickenbaugh, she is an extension specialist in La Crosse County that's worried about people and the source they use for food processing advice. She said, if you want to find tried and true canning recipes that are safe for you and your family, Try visiting the National Center for Home Food Preservation. That's online, too. Well, markets that are online this morning are a little bit mixed in Chicago. Right now, December corn is down a nickel at 622. November soybeans are down 12 cents, $14 even. The wheat for September down 6 cents, 794. Yesterday in Chicago, barrel cheese gained six cents at a dollar ninety-four and three quarters. Forty-pound block cheese was up four and a half at one eighty-nine. Double A butter up a nickel, closed at two ninety-eight and a half per pound. The fluid milk for September is unchanged, twenty thirty-five a hundred weight. October closed forty-three cents stronger at twenty seventy-nine a hundred weight. It looks like we've got about 86% of our winter wheat harvested across the state of Wisconsin. Third cutting of alfalfa, that's 76% complete. And we've got about 12% of our potatoes that already have been harvested. 88% of our corn is in the silk stage as of Sunday, and 93% of our soybeans are blooming. The latest update from the Wisconsin Ag Statistical Service. Well, we're getting the latest update on what news is influencing our markets for Tuesday morning. John Heinberg, Market Advisor with Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend. He's joining us next. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke.
Deuce and Bobcat is offering walk-in interviews every Wednesday from 7 a.m. to 11 a.m. and 2 to 4.30 p.m. Deucin has openings for assembly first shift, fabricators second shift, paint operators second shift, welders second shift, and material handlers both shifts, plus a $2,000 sign-on bonus this month. Go to bobcat.com slash now hiring to find out more. Deucin Bobcat off I-94 between Madison and Milwaukee is now hiring. An equal opportunity employer with walk-in interviews this Wednesday. Wisconsin Farm Bureau is an exciting organization because it has a plethora of opportunities for young farmers and agriculturists, specifically a Young Farmer and Agriculturist program for members ages 18 to 35, where you can learn about leadership development, advocating for agriculture, and network with your peers. WFBF.com. You'll learn so much. A voice for farmers, a vision for agriculture. Wisconsin Farm Bureau. Sometimes people think we're the bathroom remodeling place that just covers up your old stuff. It's how Rebath got its start 40 years ago. But just as technology has improved since dial phones, we've grown to become a total bathroom remodeling company. Free in-home consultation, free custom design, an affordable new bath in just days, not weeks. Visit our showroom on Stoughton Road or Rebath.com. Rebath, making it easy to love your bath. It's Preston from Window World. Summer is here, and with it, the hot air. Don't let other companies add to it. We won't lure you in with buy one, get one, or half-off installation. Not Window World, not ever. We offer a no-pressure consultation with straightforward, fair pricing. None of that, if you sign today, or let me call my manager nonsense. Window World. Professionally installed at an everyday low price. From farm to fork and everything in between, we cover it all. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. And on a Tuesday morning helping us cover it all, our friend John Heinberg, Market Advisor, Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend. Remember, their website, totalfarmmarketing.com, or you can always pick up the phone and give them a call, talk about your own situation, 800-334-9779. Well, John, uh, not a lot, a lack of things to discuss when we get going on a Tuesday morning. want to go back to last week's USDA uh, crop production report. Uh, they're seeing uh, better things as far as uh, corn and soybeans, I guess. It kind of depends on where you're looking. Tell me what you walked away with from last week's USDA report. Well, first off, you know, that corn yield did come down as the market was kind of anticipating. Lost 1.6 bushels per acre from the July numbers down to 175.4. Carryover came down to 1.38. So we're tightening up the supply. Now there's still going to be a, a good handful in the marketplace. I think that thinks that number is going to tighten up even more so with some of the issues that we're seeing in the Western Corn Belt. And, and that's still going to come down to the point when we finally get some boots on the ground and get some measurements out there. Again, remember the USDA does this report off of, off of yield models, farmer survey, weather data, no no actual physical measurements. So so this still leaves a lot of room for fluctuation. Soybean side, that was where the surprise was. Like we saw the yield number actually jump up to 51.9. They added four-tenths of a bushel per acre. That added to that carryout to 245 million bushels on some demand adjustments. That 51.9 matches an all-time high in terms of soybean yield. Uh, so again, we're still looking at a bumper crop of beans, but we'll see when we start getting on the ground here in the next few weeks and getting some actual numbers, crop tours and things starting to roll here as we get to the end of August. Boy, but uh, soybeans took a tremendous nosedive uh, yesterday and 
uh, Friday in Chicago. That's not all about that USDA report. No, it wasn't. I mean, obviously, the numbers being where they were, the, the fact that we finished today positive on Friday was a little bit of a surprise. That is a heavy report, at least at this time frame for beans. But again, you know, we'll the, maybe the weather trade came into play. But yesterday with the hard day and we're off to a tougher start again this morning, a couple things came into play. First off, some economic data out of China was uh, came out very poor. They actually cut their interest rates to get some liquidity to stimulate their economy on a kind of a surprise move. And you know, when we see China have issues on the global scale that just sent commodities into a bit of a risk off to mentality yesterday starting with crude oil down four to five dollars a barrel and that just spills over into the grain sector you know and that's still some of the message that's probably out there today plus you know that report was not friendly for beans even though we had a bit of a positive reaction uh, overall the fact that we're growing supplies and then we picked up some rain across western Iowa and, and eastern Nebraska where they really needed it we'll figure out how much here in the next day or so if it was enough Enough, but it was still enough to put this market into a bit of a tailspin in a window where we typically see selling pressure. So let's pivot. I don't want to focus everything on grain. Let's talk livestock because this is going to be an underlying story uh, for the next, uh, well, who knows? And I want consumers to pay attention too. We continue to see liquidation of the beef herd. Uh, producers may not be real thrilled with prices, but this is going to take a long time to play out and consumers need to stay engaged in this conversation, John. Very much so. And we've seen cows moving off operations at a, at a record clip and, you know, the strongest in years. Again, it's just tied to the weather. It's tied to the feed costs and just the struggles that cattle producers are having just trying to make ends meet. And it's easier just to move the cattle to the sidelines. On top of that, too, heifers going into feedlots still continues to run at a strong, strong pace. So that we aren't bringing replacement numbers in. And we're going to continue to see this tighten up this cattle crop. That's definitely going into 2023 and probably into 2024, the trend is still lower overall in the cattle numbers, and we're finally seeing the market maybe realize that, especially feeder cattle, even though I still think it's undervalued compared to what producers are seeing out there in terms of cash prices, what they're getting from the packer, as well as what they're trying to secure feeder cattle supplies to fill the feedlots back up with. So like we said, this is something that you are going to notice at the grocery store, and producers are obviously going to notice uh, when it comes to the prices they're paid. And finally now, dairy. Let's talk a little bit about what's going on with our fluid milk. Man, every day seems to paint a different picture when it comes to fluid milk. It has, and then basically prices have tumbled well off their highs. We went down and poked into the $19 handle. Now we're finding some stability. Last couple of days here, the cheese trade is finally starting to get a little bit of traction and rallying a little bit higher. Maybe that's due to the fall demand with schools getting reopened and some food service demand picking up. You know, again, still a little bit of a cautious window for me in the way those dairy charts look right now if production were to kick back in. But at least at this stage, we're finding some stability here for the dairy producers and their prices holding around that $20 window. Now let's talk about feed inputs going into next year. I mean, there's a lot of conversation already right now, not just with farmers, but out in Washington, D.C., on what farmers need price-wise this year to break even on the crops they're growing. And then we have to start thinking ahead for 2023. 
yeah, that's something people are going to have to stay active on on the input side of things. And, you know, some reason in the back of my mind, just because of what you're hearing in the weather side globally, you know, that there's going to be some concerns regarding the cost, you know, feed that's available out there, the competition for obviously food supplies and, and feed supplies on the international scale. Producers need to stay active and make sure they keep things, you know, somehow manage that risk on the input side as much as the output side and just kind of control those costs because there's going to be a lot of global competition and we're one weather event away from that happening in the United States or South America or Europe that can really put pressure on these markets. Market prices are very, very edgy and it's going to continue that way well into next year just given all the situations that we're seeing out there on the weather scale. Have you have we topped out as far as uh, our new crop 2022 opportunities, John? I don't think we have totally, but again, producers need to market their crop. And Wisconsin's got the best crops in the nation, according to the crop ratings there yesterday. I know not everybody's always perfect, but overall, we got a lot of good stuff going on here in terms of the quality of product that we're raising. You know, you got to make sure you market yourself to the point of profitability or at least locking in gains when you got that opportunity to lock those gains in. Kind of keep your eyes away from social media where everybody, where the worst is always getting published and published out there, as we saw with that bean number. You know, so stay active, but again, keep Keep price flexibility in front of you using different strategies outside of your cash markets to protect your floor or to keep those upside variabilities open in case things get crazy again just because it doesn't take much as we've seen over the last couple of years. Has your phone been pretty active, John? It could be probably a little bit more active. I yeah. think people are still questioning about, you know, what these products are and just reach out and ask questions. Okay, there's no commitment to pick up a phone and make a phone call. Just ask questions and see what's available to you. Absolutely. Very good, my friend. Good to catch up with you. We'll talk next week, okay? Sounds good. Have a great week. John Heinberg, Market Advisor, Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend. Remember, like he said, he is available to talk with you, as are any of the staff at Total Farm Marketing. Find them online, totalfarmmarketing.com. Or you can always pick up the phone and give John a call directly, 800-334-9779, 800-334-9779. And it's email, johnh at totalfarmmarketing.com, johnh at totalfarmmarketing.com, and he will get you connected. We'll catch up with him again next week. All right, as far as activities are concerned, I always want to remind you about our talk text line. We may not have rain, but you can always communicate with me what's going on in your neighborhood. You getting ready for the fair? Uh, maybe uh, interesting something in your garden? Let me know about it. Our talk text line, 877-301-FARM, 877-301-3276. Talk to you tomorrow. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. kind of got to look at it from a Ziegler point of view and a customer point of view and get them into the piece of equipment that's going to benefit their operation. Well, we've really come to trust Ziegler, their support staff, their service trucks. We've had them working on our shop and a tractor till 2 in the morning to get it ready for the next day. When they come on your farm, they're going to stay until they get the job done. Ziegler's service allows 